Gunner, what do you think about changing nouns to goat esports? Goats? Yeah. <laughs> what is the relation uh, between goats and nouns? Put put the words no together. Say, say them together, Gunner, a few times, really quickly. Goats, nouns. No, no, no. <laughs> goats and esports. Goats, esports. Yeah, now say them together like they're one word. Was it goat esports? No. He really doesn't. He really doesn't hear it. Maybe he doesn't know what it is. You think it's possible? He doesn't know what it it's is. It's possible he doesn't know what it is. Goats esports. Goatee. Do you know what goatee is? No. Oh, they don't know what it is. That's really funny. I, I know. I know what it is. I know what it is. Okay. Okay. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What uh, is it? It's like official hair. Um... <laughs> it's not that. No, he's not talking about <laughs> no. a goatee, right? No, no, no. That's a goatee. It's goatee. What's goat C? Oh, goat C? I don't yeah. know what that is. It's a dude spreading his butthole to the camera. <laughs> okay. Can we ban Quinn from talking to Gunner? I mean, from talking to Jenkins? No, I dude, I knew about this. From, dude, everyone knows yeah, this. this, this, this everyone knows, knows this. This, this is not a... I learned there's also this. Mario goatee where it's like Mario spreading his Mario <laughs> butthole. I'm, his I, Mario I, butthole was not a fucking phrase that I expected to hear this morning. I don't know. It's somehow I, saying Mario spreading his butthole doesn't sound like just like like that's not accurate enough, you know. Like he uh -huh. has a different anatomy. His yeah, Mario he, butthole. Like, yes, exactly. I feel like there's some extra specificity needed. Okay, good. No, I can't say I've actually heard of that term before. Yeah, uh, I mean, Goatee was like <laughs> one of those like cursed images on the internet that people mm -hmm. would get you. It's like lemon party and that kind of shit. Meat spin, etc. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's that era oh. of the internet. Welcome back, everybody, to episode four of All Chat. We've got uh, Gunner, who's going to be joining us this time around. Uh, thank you, Gunner, for showing up. Condolences, I guess, to everyone here for uh, Bet Boom. I'm not really sure what to say to players after they lose a tournament, you know? Just don't talk about it. <laughs> don't, just I think don't that's, bring also, it that's also the right answer. Condolences never feel like anything. And also stuff like, y'all did really well, like, even though you didn't win, that also never feels, like, it's never felt oh. good. No one's ever said something oh. to, like, try to make me feel better after and it's worked. losing that has made me feel better. It's never happened. Yeah. Only stuff that's completely unrelated to Dota. Like, mm. somebody can gets me a smoothie, you know, or we, like, watch a movie. Like, that'll make me feel better, but, you know. You know what genuinely makes me feel better? If nobody brings it up. Like, if I can mm. just hang out with people and nobody talks about it, that, that makes me feel good. If I win... I want you to only talk about that. But uh -huh. until then, just if you don't mention it, that makes me feel good. Because I expect you to say something, and if you don't, great. You know? I, I mean, that's why I like condolences. Because short and sweet, I'm not going to say anything else. Just like, hey, sorry. And then go on. You know? You're just like, damn, I saw you lose. It was, it, was like, it was just like, you know, big screen. I had a full screen. Really loud audio. I got to see, like, I actually like, slowed it down, watched it back a few times. <laughs> But yeah, I watched okay, your trip I, afterwards yeah. when you went to go do the handshake and you fell over. I saw the crying that happened, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gunner, do you agree? Do you also prefer if people don't bring it up at all? Uh, depends on how, like, bad I feel it was. Like, uh, the, the, the game fives we lost in January, those were rough. You know, if you're like, condolences on your second game five loss. I guess it was third. And it'd not be that enjoyable.
But yeah. Well, it's uh, a good thing that we're not here to do a podcast to talk about the tournament that you guys just lost. So, <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, it's also been like a few days. So, it ha- I, it, I, mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's been a few more days for me than it has for Aiden. But yeah. uh, <laughs> time time heals wounds, all wounds. And yeah. it do- also does it pretty quick as long as it's not like something being horrific. Maybe this is a horrific one for you. I don't know. But uh... nah, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's cool. Worse. I mean, surely this one can't be that bad all around because it's the start of the season, right? It's not the end of the season. It's the beginning of the journey, right? I know we're no longer necessarily working towards TI, but ultimately there is like an end goal, right? Which is TI slash uh, whatever Riyadh's called. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I think uh, part of it is kind of realizing that like we kind of have a grand finals problem. Whereas before, I think we kind of coped, and it was like a, we have a gladiators problem, mm. um, which is like kind of a little bit harder to swallow, I think, because like struggling with Dota is one thing, and I, you can like wrap your head around like this team plays really well, or they do these things well, and this is where we get outplayed. But why every single time we show up in grand finals, we look like shit? That one's a little bit harder to like wrap your head around, and now it's like starting to feel like. It's some there's something more to it than just like gladiators and spirit being amazing, which obviously they both are. But I think we we do something wrong at our end as well. Yeah, that is a that is a tricky thing. I felt yeah. a similar way after we lost the TI finals because we just didn't play well, and so I had to like like it wasn't like spirit was played better than us, but we also played poorly. Like it was yeah. like both ends like were pushed in opposite directions. Exactly. And, uh, Watching that finals back and like seeing how atrociously we played and like if we played just a little bit better, we actually could have like made it a series or potentially won, you know, that that hurts. And that's really hard to like figure out. And then you start looking more into like psychology and like atmosphere and vibe and like people's tendencies and all these like little micro things that are like, man, I don't have a degree. Like, how am I supposed to fix this? This is being hard. Well, isn't that what those uh, sports psychologists are for? Maybe. Have you guys ever tried one? We've had a bunch. Yeah, we've had a bunch. I was about to say, I remember remember Gunner, you guys coming to Bali with yours, right? Yeah. So how's that experience? I mean, I think it matters. It depends on the player. For me, I didn't think it was like too much of a help. But I think for like some people on our team, I think he helped a lot more. I was about to say, I, I, I recall having the, I don't remember who exactly, but I remember a general feedback saying that uh, somebody thought it helped a lot for your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I know there was like some people that it was like he focused more time on than others, and like there was definite improvement of it. The biggest thing that he did was just kind of he would make sure we all like talked before the games of like not Dota related stuff. Uh, we'd like throw a ball outside and then just be like, "What are the goals you want to focus on for the game?" But from like a individual standpoint, it wasn't like anything. At least, at least for me, I was like. I didn't really notice too much of a difference. Aiden, what about you? Um, I think my experience has been that you really have to buy in. And it's something that you don't really, like, maybe fully understand. Because, I mean, we had, I've had, like, three or four different people that I think we've worked with over the years. And, I mean, every single person has a different approach. And some of them are going to work with, like, better. And some of them are going to work worse with, uh, 
how you are and you're gonna like get along with them better or worse but i noticed like the general trend is always that you kind of have to buy in to whatever it is they're saying and you have to kind of like convince yourself to believe in it and try to find the value in it and if you do it can be really helpful but i think at the times that we've had sports psychologists maybe our problems have been more dota related than you know psychology related so it hasn't really been as impactful as it could have been maybe now so yeah who knows maybe now is like the actual time to get one and it would make a big difference and so quinn you you've never experienced one is that correct that's not what i remember we worked with one briefly on chaos um which some stuff he said ended up helping me years later in a little in like a roundabout way um but it didn't do anything for me for like a long time and then like eventually i remembered something he said and it like resonated in some way um i'm not sure how i feel about it all like um i think it really does depend a lot from like player to player and I, it's also weird because like Dota is a team game and one person's vibe or atmosphere matters so much the game is also one of the few games that has no reset mechanic at all like it's not like cs or real sports or something where there's like okay you score a goal game is now back to where it was like there's not any of that in dota so every second matters so much because every mistake like you make some small mistake and the game is now over and you can't play anymore because you messed up in some some small ways and because everything is so like finicky and finite like there's a lot of things that just matter a lot and so it feels like the ver- there's so many variables that it's hard to like pin down one thing or that psychology specifically one like loss of this game as opposed to like was it just like a laning misunderstanding or was it like something random, you know, was this actually like a, was this some ch- a choke? You know, there's just so many factors. It's like, it feels really hard to pin something down. I think that's something, uh, have, you, have any of you guys felt like individually you had uh, performance or anxiety problems or anything like that when it comes to competition in uh, like, you know, previously? Um, I mean, I still get nervous, I think, when we play. Usually, though, once you get into the game and you're kind of focused, it goes away. But I think leading in, leading up to games and in games, like right before you load into it, it still happens. I mean, a lot less nowadays than I used to. And like, um, I've kind of learned to equate the feeling of being nervous to like excitement because they're kind of mm-hmm. close in many ways. And like, whenever I feel nervous, I kind of just convince myself that I'm excited, and it means that the game matters to me. And I kind of like look for it. I look for the feeling when we go to events. Um, when we play games. And like every time we play Gladiators, there's always a little bit of that, you know? It's like it's fun to play. Um in a different way than maybe like some group stage game in the hotel room. Mm. Uh so yeah, no for sure. Win? It's definitely like walking onto stage at TI for me at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you feel like the adrenaline. But it's definitely it for me it was the second like the doors close and you can't really hear the crowd as much. Like you put your headphones on. And you all start like talking about the draft, it kind of goes away to some extent. Yeah, I imagine the draft is like a pretty big grounding experience yeah. where you have you focus up a lot. So a lot of that adrenaline and stuff gets out of your system before you actually uh, start having to click things on the mouse. What percentage would you say of like your pub self? Like if you were just like at home chilling, listening to music, like playing in the zone, what percentage of that would you say you play at or you played at a TI gunner? Mm. Uh, the first time I came to mind was like 80%. Okay. Like 80 to 85, I'd say. 
It's pretty reasonable. It's so funny. I feel like for me, it's like the opposite. Whenever I play pubs, I'm like kind of half checked out, 50% paying attention to the game, 50% in my own head. Where I like kind of need the adrenaline to like get in the zone nowadays. Because I feel like if I don't have it, I just like kind of, I don't know, don't really care that much. There's definitely a dichotomy there. I, there are a lot of players who feel like that. Sumail yeah. is like the biggest one that comes to mind who he just like just could not care less in public matchmaking, but in officials like, you know, back in that he was always locked in. He was always going to win his lane, you know, like it didn't. He needed that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's completely different when I play officials and especially like stage games. I just feel like I'm so like present. Whereas like, you know, like we had a pub earlier today, right? And I'm like literally thinking about like, oh yeah, I need to go empty the dishwasher after this game. I'm going to go clean the bathroom. Like I had all this, like all these things that I'm thinking about while I'm playing the game. Whereas like when you're on yeah. stage, none of that goes through your mind. You're literally just thinking about mm -hmm. the game the entire way through. Yeah. So there's also like a thing though, right? I don't know if you feel this way, Quinn. Maybe it's like core versus up, but it's like in pubs you kind of feel like you trust all your own reads because you kind of have to. Whereas when you're in like a tournament setting, it, you have your whole team, everyone's talking, and there's like, I don't want to say there's more at stake, but there's more, um, you like kind of think more than you would in a pub. So sometimes you like think twice about the same situation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my this the prior year with Gladiator which is different from every other year for me. Prior to that, like I had, like incapacitating anxiety about games and stuff. Like I played like significantly worse. I felt like I played thirty percent of my ability in officials. Like, mm -hmm. like just dramatically different. Last year was the only year where I've been able to like feel like I could play at like almost hundred percent. And I think at some point during the year, I felt like I was able, like a TI in our lower bracket run, I think I was playing at hundred percent. I think I would have played, was playing better in officials than I would in any other context. Um, but that was a long road. And even now it like it, that percentage fluctuates on a day yeah. on like, there's a lot of factors to that that I don't fully understand that I'm trying to understand more. Uh, that was actually why I brought that up. Cause I think I remember hearing that you had uh, like some sort of anxiety performance uh, problems in the past and you've gotten over that. Uh, is there anything like, is there any, what is the largest factor? Is there like, it, when you talk about the esports psychologist thing was you said you were called something, was that the little bit that had like made you turn things around? Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing is reps. Sadly, okay. I think that helps more than anything. I think the more times you go through it, the less like miserable it gets. Um, I, I mean, I personally sort of understood myself a bit better and like um, understood that I think I perform better when I'm amped up as opposed to like calm down. I always try to calm myself down in the past. And I think that would just cause me to get more anxious. Whereas I now get like amped up and sort of just like, like forget about the anxiety or like cover it up with like another emotion, which has worked really well for me um but uh yeah that's that's a that's a pretty recent thing okay so i thought when i would see you at these tournaments uh, in between games you would put on headphones do you still do that uh not in between games but i do it before series okay I, so you're actually amping yourself up not calming yourself down yeah i'm like oh, actively okay. trying to get artificially angry and okay. i find it like helps like me just forget about worrying about the game because i care too much is my issue and so that caring too much like stresses me out so listening to something or focusing on something else helps me not care too much 
Are you are you saying that your anger helps lock you in and be a better Dota player? Yeah, for sure. Okay, is that how you've gotten so much MMR? Are no, you it's not the same. Problem. It's, it's very, very different. MMR climb? Very, very, very different. Okay, okay. No, but that's really interesting because, uh, like, Avery also does the same before a series, right? He also puts on headphones and he needs to amp himself up. Obviously, the job is, like, different in that regard. And you could see how some people would be better to be calm, where I think most of the time passion and energy is better for a broadcast. But as a player, it could go either way. But I had always assumed that when I was watching you with headphones that you were actually trying to calm yourself down. Uh, so that's that's actually a pretty interesting revelation that it's the opposite. I mean, I know, actually, I think, like, it makes perfect sense to me, like, what you're saying. I think sometimes, some days, when I'm, like, not that focused, or, like, I feel like I'm not that into Dota, or, like, Dota's not, like, it doesn't get me excited, then I need, like, to get myself amped up. Some days, I feel like I'm way too amped up, and, like, like you said, when you say you care too much, I can totally relate to that, where it's, like, something, like, the stakes are, like, too high, kind of, in some ways. And then I feel like calming down is, like, better way to go. So, for me, it really fluctuates from day to day, like, what is the... What is needed, and you can usually tell if you like follow me on Spotify. Like the playlist will change, and you can totally you can guess like Funny. in which state I am. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. Is there a is there a go to song that you guys have? Uh, I'm gonna start with Quinn since he obviously listens to me. Like do, when you're talking, you're trying to like, amp yourself up or get angry. What what is your like? Do you have a go to song or is it just like a general playlist or what? I have a play. I have a pregame playlist. The song okay. I, 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 the song, the last song I listened to before I go on stage changes from period to period. Last year it was, I mean, uh, last year it was a My Chemical Romance song. Uh, okay. I, I will see what it is this year, but uh, yeah, I, I, and I like the last song I listened to before every official was the same. Okay, that that's something that I, I do as well, actually. Uh, before cast is that like I have a couple different songs that I usually listen to, so that, that makes a lot of sense. What about you guys? I mean, for me, it's been One Piece recently. It just it's related to whatever I've been watching, and it's been. I knew it was going to be an anime. Yeah, of course, you knew it. I knew it was going to be. The thing is, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is very recent. Like, it's just the OSTs. It's not like the actual intros. It's like the you know, like when they're fighting and it's epic. Mm -hmm. It's that song. It's like the fight song. You know, like it's there's no lyrics to it. It's just the music. And then, like, the epic version, you know, like, you go to YouTube, you type epic version. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Epic version. You have a bass-boosted yeah. epic version. Exactly, exactly. Reverb. Nightcore. Exactly. Nightcore. Sped precisely. up. Precisely. Yeah. That's, like, if I want to get amped up. If I want to calm down, then it's usually, like, I don't know, some really old song that I, like, listen to in the car with my dad or something. Uh, the first thing that popped in mind, it's, um, what's his name? His name is, oh, the song is named A Spaceman Came Traveling. And it's by Chris DeBerg. Super. Okay. Cool. I feel like none of you guys have heard the song. I never have heard, heard of it. I don't. I couldn't tell you by ear, but I think I've heard of it. Yeah. Gunner, what about you? A, I just pick a song depending on the day. Okay. And That's I just fair. sometimes I listen to the same song like for like multiple times. Yeah, yeah. I remember in TI qualifiers, I listened to some Sean Paul song for like half an hour. I'm a, I'm a, I think at TI was Suicide Boys. I was listening to a lot. I'm a big believer in, uh, I, it, like, I, I have no scientific backing for this whatsoever, but I'm a big believer in, like, songs helping to, like, certain sounds and, and songs and stuff like that, helping to trigger certain states that you want to be in. So I have a song for, like, when I'm traveling and I want to go to sleep. 
you know i have a song that that i listen to on repeat i have a song that i that I listen to when i'm like warming up for for a cast and you know all that sort of thing so mm-hmm. yeah i don't that all makes sense to me all right well uh how how was uh how was your guys experience at uh you guys were in dubai yep. yeah okay how was your guys experience at the event i mean it's a very good event they're they're very good at running events i mean they spent a lot of money on that event. Holy crap, they spent a lot of money. <laughs> um, and when you spend an unfathomable amount of money on things, they tend to be pretty nice. Pretty fun. Pretty um, nice. And that was my general feeling for the event is, holy gracious, they poured some money in, and uh, the event was nice because of it. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was one of the, if not the nicest event I've been at, in terms of like just being there and like how the tournament was ran bro we had one game a day you're being chilling all day long you're at some luxury resort like you have five different restaurants to pick for your food some of them are buffets so you can just get food fast some of them are like you can sit down and get a three-course meal um yeah and then like they offered an activity like they would like pay for you to go do something which is really cool i haven't had that experience at any other event before um, is that where all the dune bugging was going on? Yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. you did that too, right? Yeah, we did dune bugging too. Some other guy yeah. jumped out of a plane. Yep, oh, he stole shit. it, dude. Jobs was so mad. He was like, he went to the tournament organizers and told them we want to do skydiving, and he said they were like, oh no, apparently like skydiving was never available to anyone. And then like we asked someone from Gladiators like two hours later, what are you guys doing for your activity? They're like, oh, we're going skydiving. And we're like, okay, <laughs> that's yeah, cool. Good to know. It was. It, I don't. I don't know how that ended up happening. We're only guys. We were the only team that went skydiving. So yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was You guys were the winners of the last uh, Bepum, right? So maybe. Yeah, that's why. maybe maybe there's some bias there. Privilege. Yeah. Hey, well, I was skydiving. Have you ever been skydiving before? Did you go, Quinn? Yeah, it was me and Tofu, and then some people from our staff. Okay. Um, nobody else wanted to. Or Anton wanted to, but he was like busy because. What happened? It was kind of it was kind of funky. Like originally, we were gonna go, and it was like planned. Anton was gonna go, um, and then we the group tied, and so we had to play one v one tiebreakers for the group, and so it got canceled because it like conflicted. And then mm-hmm. I lost really fast, so like we ended up having intentionally time again. or so, unintentionally. I was okay, just garbage. Okay. Sure, um, sure. And then and then so like we ended up having time again, and so then we like just like rushed it out and like ran out the door, and Anton wasn't there. Um, but it was really sick. It honestly wasn't scary at all. It was just cool. Um, and I don't know, kind of a wild experience. I had a really great time. I think it was really fun. It didn't, it didn't feel dangerous. Like you're strapped to some dude who's done it like a hundred thousand times. And there's also something like peaceful about like, if I die, it's not like it's going to hurt, you know, I'm going to like evaporate. So like, that's kind of, there's, it's like chill yeah. in that regard. You're chill. You'd rather die really fast. Just like not see it coming. Of course. Who on earth wants to get burned alive? Like, yes, please put me on the barbecue. <laughs> Spin me around, roast me like a pig. I mean, you, you have heard those stories. Those, like, extremely rare circumstances, but people have survived from that, right? Yeah, sure, but I don't think I'm an outlier. <laughs> sure, I'm just saying that, like, maybe you don't survive, but maybe you don't instantly die. I'm, that, that's what I'm pointing out. But uh, that's really cool that you got to experience that. That's uh, still on my checklist of, like, things to do you know like i'm afraid of heights and i'm a big believer in like uh challenging fears 
So like mm-hmm. I did um, uh, bungee jumping, but I haven't done skydiving. Oh, right, bungee jumping so, I feel like is way scarier. I I agree. I agree. I, that, I also like, feel like that one's scarier. Bungee jumping cord? is terrifying. Holy you have just like a cord, you just jump off. Yeah, like the like, whole idea of the fear of heights is like hitting the ground, right? <laughs> like you're literally yeah. getting close to the ground as bungee jumping and experiencing and then that. You go a back few up. Times. Yeah. <laughs> What did you guys think about having a 1v1 tournament in the first place? I was actually just looking at it because I was like, oh, did Gunner play in that? But you didn't, right? I did. Oh, you did? I, lo- I lost to Shiro. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay, okay. It's okay, Gunner. You're an offlaner. You're an offlaner now, dude. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't played mid in like four months, five months. I'm old. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah. mid has got to be the role that you have to keep the most active with, probably, right? And why did Boxy get top four? Boxy plays okay. mid all the time. Well, we, can also talk, we can also talk about the bracket, to be fair. Yeah. Okay. That's true. I mean, I mean, that, that bracket was only support players. It was, it was yeah. literally only support players. Oh, was it really? Yeah. yeah, they, yeah, didn't, yeah. They, didn't, they didn't see the bracket. The bracket was, the bracket was RNG. So it ended RNG. up where one, for one side of the bracket was only support players. So, like, Wait, I thought I it was a this now. Snaking versus save, Ari versus Boxy. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. this was done on purpose, I think. I think we were told that like they wanted the matchups to be close. Oh, it was purposely seed. Oh, I, I think see. they intentionally put the supports in a support bracket. This was done like on purpose. And like the I mid laners had like, I think if you were a core, you would run into a core. It was like that's kind of how the idea was. Whereas like if you're a sub, you'll run into another sub. Interesting. Um, I feel like it should have been the inverse. I mean, if you're looking, I mean, the thing is, it's for content, right? If you're looking for integrity, though, it should probably be the inverse. Yeah, no, for sure. sure. But I, I will say, I think Boxy could take down a lot of mid players, more than you would expect. Because he, be, he used to be one of the greatest like, mid players in Han, once upon a time. Um, if like, during their era, Mickey was number one, Boxy was like number two. So, you know, the, he's a good mid laner and has years and years and years and years of experience of playing it like, on pro teams and stuff. So I think for us in the team, it wasn't that surprising, but maybe like for people on the outside, it was kind of cool to see. Um, so now that I'm thinking about it, I do think he lost to the first mid player he played against yes, in the bracket. Yes, Such. 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 The, uh, but I, I, I also don't. I also don't doubt what you're saying is true. Yeah, I wasn't too surprised by that because I remember the Dream League that I was at. Do you remember this, Aiden? You guys uh, played a one v one against the team you were gonna face. It was like Virtus Pro ah, or yeah. Navi. It was Navi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It okay. was a uh, Leipzig major. Mm-hmm. Or we're about to play against Navi, which at the time their mid player was Magical. And for those of you who don't remember, Magical played a pretty nasty TA. And for like, I don't know, months, months, months leading into this event, every time we played them, Max would just say like, ban the TA. Like first phase, ban the TA every single game. Don't care. Ban the TA. I don't care. I'm like, bro, you play Huskar. He's like, I don't care. Ban the TA. Like, but, mm-hmm. but you're Viper special. Don't care. Ban the TA. And then Boxy's like, there's no way this guy's TA is that good. And then we asked them to 1v1, and um, Boxy goes 1v1 against Magical. They play TA versus TA right before our series starts. It's like, you know, the pre- pre-match, both teams are sitting down on their sides. They load up, and I think Boxy kills them at like level 2 in the most Boxy mm-hmm. fashion. And then he calls it. And... Uh, yeah, Boxy kind of owned. And then, you know, we all popped off. We were giga hyped up. I think we beat them 2 I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if we've done the TA. It would be kind of funny if we did. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a cool cool 1v1 leading up to the, the game. 
I, I remember yes. thinking after that that 1v1, Foxy kills him on his specialist hero. I was just like, oh, this series is done. Like, <laughs> like, how do you mentally bounce back from that? Like, your signature, you lose a 1v1 against a non-mid laner on your signature hero. On your like, <laughs> like, how do you come back and, like, actually beat these guys after that? That was such an insanely... Why, why, did, that, uh, why did that happen in the first place? Like, you guys challenged them to a 1v1, but, like... Surely they they were like, why do you want to do that or something, right? Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know why they agreed. They had because I think this is the benefit of being a support. You have nothing to lose. Yeah. Like you go into it. Like let's say you know, like because we were talking about William pumping Quinn, you know, and the when we were on tournament, we were all excited for it. Like and William kept saying, like, no, there's no way, dude. There's no way. Like I'm gonna get Quinn's gonna destroy me. He's like one of the best mid players in the world, obviously. And we're like, William, it doesn't matter. Just imagine if you want. And we just kept saying this to him, and I feel like that's like. The advantage that like Will has or like Boxy has over people is that like he has nothing to lose. If you lose, it's the expected result. But if you win, oh boy. So I don't I don't know why any mid laner agrees to play like anyone we want against non mid laners. I feel like you only you can only lose. That's true. I'm looking at this now, Quinn. You lost uh your one v one by two CS. That's what it came down to. Correct. I was up 1,000 net worth. He was down conceptually, he won the lane. Wait, how were you up on net worth, but down in CS? Because uh, he had to buy regen and shit. Because I oh. he bought like he bought like eight more styles than me, and I made him go to base like four times. Yeah. In a real game, a Dota Quinn won the lane, but in a technical like in a rule stamp, he lost. I kind of just forgot. Like I just got wrapped up in playing the lane, and I kind of just forgot that it was CS. And not like net worth or something, and then it's 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, whoops. Okay, so if they did another 1v1 tournament, would you want to see a, a rule change in that regard? Like, yeah, do you think net worth is network. better? Okay, yeah, because I mean, I think I think it will make lanes shorter, they won't go to 15 minutes as much because people like they know they're losing as they buy solve yeah. after solve after solve, they're just like they're burning their lead away. So people will like play more aggressive and they'll play to like win the lane as opposed to like how how these things break down when it's CS is you lane for five minutes or sorry, you lane to level five and then at level five, the lanes decided. Whoever has more CS then will win because they will nuke every wave and get every CS because your nukes are too strong. And then at 15 minutes, whoever won the up until level five wins the lane. Mm. Like, and you buy bracers and salves and there's no counterplay. Like it's, it's just whoever had the most CS at level five now wins the lane. I mean, I feel like you should just remove salves and mangoes. Remove salves, remove mangoes, and now you have a fun 1v1 setup. I mean, then, then people are going to die real early. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's just going to be crazy. Just fight. I mean, I, that's I, mean I, also think, I also think that's better. I think, it, I think it should, either that or it should be net worth at like 10. Were players watching the 1v1 tournament while it was happening? I mean, I know I was like in my bedroom. So what was really cool about this event also, which I think like a lot of events in the future could, you know, if it's possible and they want to spend as much money as Bedroom did, please do the same thing where like our bedrooms and our practice room were on the same floor. And it was only us on this floor. Like there were no other teams on our floor, which made it like really nice. Um, so it felt like our own private area, um, just like at boot camp or whatever. Um, so I was in my room. My room was about as far away from the practice room as you could get while still being really close. And I was watching um, like the stream. Unfortunately, Keratich versus Blitz was not a hype up matchup, so they didn't stream that game. I think, mm. but like in the room as I'm watching like some other random one v one matchup, 
I just hear William yelling like as loud as he can, just like ah, you know, like go losing and going ape shit. And I'm like, oh my god, what the fuck just happened? Because it could be that he lost, and it was super close. Uh-huh. But it turns out like that he won, and it was like the most hype thing ever. And after that, I know like Nisha and Mickey and Nara and Boxy, they were like watching all of each other's matchups, and they were like kind of coaching each other and being like, oh, this should happen and this should happen, and like. When Nish would watch Boxy play, he was you could tell like he's more nervous than when we play like 5v5 officials. Like every CS that he's like, oh no, he's doing that. Like, oh don't trade like this. Oh, he should have contested that CS. Or like, you know, like all this kind of random stuff was going on in our practice room, which was like super fun. I think like for me, because I was purely a spectator. I don't I feel like I don't understand like mid lane matchups the way these guys do. Mm-hmm. And to be a part of that and to see it happen was like really, really fun. And I I mean I hope most teams watched and like Probably pretty similar atmosphere as I imagine. Do you guys feel like there was any other revelations, like outside of oh yeah, Boxy's a good mid laner. Uh, uh, he can actually play that. Was, were there any other revelations from this one v one that you felt like? One v ones are really stressful. Mm. Like they're really, really, really stressful. I hated it actually. It was really miserable, genuinely miserable for me because I don't have a routine for it. And I don't have muscle memory or reps for it. So for me, it was like going back seven years ago where like I can't breathe. And it was really, really miserable. I don't if there's one in the future, I don't think I'll play it because it's like I, I had a horrible day. I it like it ruined my entire day. Like it was it was like awful. But it's also like uh, it said, right? It's like as a mid, you kind of have a lot to lose in this. Like if you lose to a not mid, you're just like, oh my fucking god. And then even if you lose to another mid, you're like, now I'm you know, it just feels bad, right? From like an internal standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I if there was another one in the future, I don't think I'd play it. It's distracting for me and it is like way too stressful. Yeah. I, I Quinn, I love you, but the fact you built this up so much and you only played one best of one is pretty funny to me. <laughs> like I had a terrible day and I'm looking at you had fifteen no, minutes. No, no, the thing is because I, I lost the one we won the prior day too. So it was like two back to back days okay. of like my self worth being like shattered. By losing like one v ones and stuff, oh, so it, was just, it was like a, it was like a build up. Wait, so you did like a practice one v one beforehand? No, oh, no, sorry, the tie- it was tiebreakers one v one. Yeah, so I lost a tiebreaker, and then the next day I okay. wake up and I lose. I lose to a carry player, you know, and I'm like, all right, I want to die. I mean, all I'm saying is what I'm learning is I'm gonna practice one v ones for the next one, and I'm just gonna try to win one round against the core player. I feel like that's already setting my team up for success at the event. Yeah. You know, like if you imagine you lose player, to you gotta me. play. Not only am I a five, but I'm also like the most boomer player at the event. Like the <laughs> amount of like, it's like the worst thing that could happen to you. If you lost to me, future core player that's gonna lose to me in a one v one event, shame, shame. I mean, the the revelation I had was kind of the Murano was like the best hero. If you were a good Murano mid player, you'd like win the one v one tournament mm. or got top four, because uh, it ended up. There was like an entire like draft phase that there was like a metaphor, and the most common one was Marana, and like that was the one I played, and I wasn't really comfortable with the hero, so like I felt like I played that one bad. But like I feel like it was like fifty percent of the match or sixty percent were Marana or something like that. Oh yeah, I'm seeing a I'm, yeah. There's a lot of Maranas in here. Yeah, and that one was think- kind of it was like a boring matchup, I think, because it's just like pure CSing, like what Kun was saying. And then you hit level five, and then you just press Starstorm on every single wave. And then you have five bracers, so they can never kill you. And then you just exist there, pressing mangoes off cooldown to have Starstorms for the next wave. 
Yeah, that definitely sounds like it needs a rule change for sure. If we so, uh, fix the rules more, how would you guys feel about one v one tiebreakers? Because I have seen like the remember, remember like two years ago at ESL one uh, Malaysia somewhere we had a one v one tiebreaker. Uh, was it Sumail versus uh, Armo? Something yeah, like that. It, yeah. was, it was super hype, right? Uh, and I think a lot of people enjoyed it. But then we had another one v one tiebreaker uh, a year later, and the, a lot of the community was like, "Oh, this is." fucked up like you shouldn't determine things that that way how do you guys feel about 1v1 uh for tiebreakers i don't like it i think i mean i think if it's for uh if it's purely for seeding it's okay but if it's anything more than seeding i think it's too much okay yeah i agree if it's like uh between like upper bracket lower bracket i think it's not a good thing yeah, like a KL, I played a 1v1 for upper bracket, you know? Like, that's that's a bit too much. That's a lot. It, I mean, 1v1s just aren't Dota, to my, like, in my opinion. Mm, it's it's like a different game. Like, it's not even just, like, you're practicing mid. If you're practicing this a mirror matchup, it's not even practicing mid. Sure. It's like, okay, uh, what, what, about, what about we change the 1v1s so you have, like, one Celery and one Tofu on each side of your screen also? <laughs> like... Like, we do a Gladiators. Ah, we do a Gladiators mm. mid lane. Like, the game starts at minute, like, 5.30. And then you have one celery and one tofu, and like the other team has like an insane and a boxy, and they're stuck to their side lanes, and only the celery and the tofu can come in. Uh huh. That's sound. That's mm. a little bit. That's a little more my speed. I, I could. I could. I could. <laughs> I could come on board for that. Yeah. No, I. I kind of agree. I think like when your tournament life is on the line, it like, and I mean obviously, I think I have like some of the best mid players on the, in the world on my team, and I still feel like it does feel weird to have no control over the outcome. Where it's like a team okay. game, and like you're basically determining which team moves on based on one player's performance in a format that's not really like I think like okay in 2009 or whatever, sure it worked because mid lane back then was just like basically the same thing as like a one v one. But nowadays there's so much more to it. Um, so I think like it doesn't really make sense for modern Dota in the same way it maybe did once upon a time as like a Proof of skill, I guess, or however you want to view it. So if we replaced like, it with overthrow, you'd be more in favor of that. I'd be down. Yeah. Like <laughs> I would that. actually be down for overthrow more than a 1v1. Okay. All right. Now, now we're cooking something. What, what, about, what about you do like, uh, you know, just uh, all, th all three lanes? You only play like laning phase. Play till like minute eight or something. We we talked about this. That's, this is what we were talking about. But then, but then it's like, okay, just play Dota. <laughs> just, yeah, just have the best one. Like, dude, if you just tell me, oh, the game's over eight minutes, it'd be so sad. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah. See, Aiden, I thought I thought originally when you were talking about the the support thing, I thought you were gonna suggest like uh, an FGC like tag, you know, tag in system, you know, where you're you're playing this one v one mid, and at any point in time, you can tag in your support to gank for you, you know. <laughs> I know one thing actually we did way back in the day you just reminded me there was a Han 1v1 tournament for teams and the way it worked was like the first round you nominated who you wanted to go in so like let's say I would go like my team would nominate me because I'm the worst and then you know Gladiator was nominate Celery because they think like he's also like the worst but he, maybe he'll beat me and then like mm -hmm. the winner will then play like the next player and you eliminate like players from each side and I remember Limp like cleaned house that was actually kind of a cool way to do it. I think if you wanted to do like a tiebreaker 1v1 for upper and lower bracket, maybe, maybe, maybe you could do this. Um, 
The thing is, that just takes so long. You could all yeah, so that point, you might as well just play That's it. That's more exactly. than the length of a game, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I guess the thing with one fans is, as you were saying, it's like eight people and ten if you if each team has a coach just aren't really involved in anything. They just kind of sit there and they're like, oh, I guess we're lower bracket now because he missed uphill three times or something. That sucks. Yeah. What can you do? All right. Anything else uh, about uh, Bedboom you guys want to talk about? Event was great. After party was great. Uh, staff did a really good job. I mean, I think all the stuff that we met, our player handler, everything was great. I was genuinely... I think this was, for me, at least one of the nicest events uh, that I've been at. So I'm super satisfied and super happy. Great job, Bedboom. Thank you and for spending money. And Fisher. Yeah, holy crap. To reiterate, holy crap, they spent so much money. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was oh. definitely the nicest event. It wasn't as fun for me as TI, but I feel like that's kind of cheating. Because, like, it was my first TI I played, and we had, like, a decent run. But in terms of just, like, being there and having, like, an enjoyable time, and, like, playing and everything, this was definitely the best. I mean, I wasn't jealous before this conversation, but now I am. Thank you. Thank you. The uh, okay, so Gunner, we'll then we'll, we'll just talk about uh, talk about you. So you guys uh, recently kicked Stormstormer. He left. I I I didn't actually watch uh, the video. It was that a Pauly kick, yeah. Okay. Um. So I guess the first thing everybody everybody wants to know is: Are you going back to mid lane? Uh, <laughs> to my knowledge, no. Oh, to I'm your not... knowledge, no. Okay. Yeah. So I, I mean, we said we said uh, I said I could do both. Like, I didn't oh. care if I was mid or offlane. Okay. That, but there's, like, no offlaners, like, available, to be honest. Mm. And I, I like playing offlane. Because if anything, I think it helped, it's helped me... Because when I was mid, and maybe it was, like, team-based or, like, who I was playing with or whatever, but I'd feel like I'd have to, like, overperform to some extent uh, on my ability. And I feel like on offlane, I'd never feel like that. I just kind of have to do my job, which is, like, a lot easier to play. Because I feel like when you try to overperform, at least for me, it was like it'd lead to playing worse, you know? Because if so you, you just have to play like good, you just have to play a hundred. team more from the mid yeah. position. Yeah, mm. to an extent. Quinn, do you have, have you yeah. ever felt that way about your role? Um, yeah, I mean, it's like... Um, I think it's just... I think uh, sometimes you just want to... You want to do more than you can. I think it's like uh, it's a bad habit. Sometimes like people can fall into, uh, me included. I think I'm pretty good about it now. But I think um, it's easy to like. There's some crap going on, especially like I remember like early on and like playing. Like there's some crap going on. I just want to beat the fight because like as a fight, I need, I need to be there. And like you can kind of just get roped into like doing trying to do everything, but that's not really how Dota works. You can sort of like forget like what you're trying to do and just like do stuff. Um, that definitely that definitely happens sometimes. I mean, I always felt like uh, when you when you switched over to offlane gunner, I felt like personally, uh, from my judgment of your playstyle, fit your playstyle more. That I feel like you're a, a very uh, active and almost like sacrificial core. Like uh, I remember one time you told me, like I don't care, deaths. Uh, <laughs> that was an envy. That was an envy. That was an envy phase. No, you, you got. I, 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 you told me that it was after you uh, left that uh, it, it was when you were coached by March. 
you left the Jenner Brews team. Oh yeah, well that, that was that. Okay, I remember now. Yeah, that was because um, we had, I had two carries on the team. I had Frev and twenty three. Mm, okay, and then so basically, I remember the way we almost qualified at TI was I would just pick Ember or Puck first pick every single game, and the first time I would buy was Boots of Travel, and I would go between the tier ones and tier twos and cut the waves for thirty minutes to make space. And so it didn't matter if I died, I just TP again and just keep cutting the waves so that my off-winner and a carry could farm. Okay. And then so, eventually we'd win. So I had an unhinged playstyle. What on earth? <laughs> Bro, well, if you watch the games, I literally, all my games, I like run, went first item before Blink. There's no Witchblade. So it was like Blink Rush was the puck build right back then. Or like Veil Blink, I think. Mm-hmm. And I would just go boot to travel first. <laughs> just, just to kill waves. Okay, so, uh, so would you disagree if I said that you have more of a space-creating playstyle? Um, these days, to some extent, yeah. At least, like, I haven't really felt that way in a good amount of time. Like, I wouldn't say that's how I played my, at TI or Bali, I think. Okay. Um, so how do you feel like you're sliding into offlane? I mean, for offlane, I think it feels really nice. It's a lot of, it's like... You don't really have to. You just have to be really good at the game. You don't have to do much more than that. Okay. It's like you just play play your lane. The laning's really fun. Uh, it's CSing is really easy when you're a mid player laning versus a side laner, and then because you you do like all the tricks, and if they're not if they weren't a mid player, then they don't really do the tricks. No, I like agree with that. I, I agree. With, I agree with this part. I we've been going actually talked about this in real life. I agree yeah. with this part. It's the laning as an offlaner is really fun. Yeah, it's super fun when you play the most laning broken heroes. Laning as an offlaner is when you play the most broken heroes in the game. Mars, yeah, this guy fun. walks to the creep you play when the you most spear broken back. Heroes in the game. Did I last hit? Yeah, it's fun. You play Centaur, the guy walks up, you stun him for two seconds. Oh, whoops. You have a Fear on 5 ETPs to your lane with a blood grenade. It's fun. You don't have fun? Offlaners. I feel like offlaners, like, their heroes suck ass for, like, half a patch, and then they're, like, losing their shit, like, how am I supposed to play? I'm on even terms with the enemy <laughs> team. This is so unfair. Fucking offlane heroes. Do you think, but, uh, what, what role has the most OP heroes right now? Offlane. Always. Always. Always offlane? That's true. Always. I don't know if that's true right now. Let me think. Always. Okay, guys, there's a guy in Dota that plays four heroes offline. Yeah, it's true right now. It's and true right it's true. Now. Right it's now, true. it's offline, yeah. Okay. It's, true. it's not just right now. It's always. Always. No, um, I think there's, there's definitely been mid-patches. Always. No. Like, okay. It is, okay, it is, okay. It is sorry, predominantly offline. It is predominantly offline. It's almost always offline. There was a period during Bima Major where I think fives are the most broken. Because Treant and Undying were so Way too busted. stupid. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So busted. And... You know, I'm a five. I'm willing to admit they were omega broken. But outside of that one, like two month or three month period, offlane is like always the most busted heroes. I mean, there was the there was the five creeps mid, where oh, yeah. the mid disruptor was, mid lich. Was, the five creeps mid mid was pretty unreal. You're like level eight in the side is level four. It's like okay, I don't know how we can play against this guy. Yeah, but I don't think that wasn't related to the heroes. That's just game mechanics. The yeah. heroes themselves, I think offlaners are always most busted. Why do you think yeah, that, that is? Because offlaners are the biggest noobs, so the game needs to be the most <laughs> skewed in their favor. But there's no offlaners. That's why. Everybody, everybody well, they are all me. noobs. 
They're all noobs. But if That's it's so why. easy, then then surely there would be because I, I have heard multiple times high profile teams need offlaners, looking for offlaners, right? Surely there would be more players moving into the offlane if it's such a desired role and it's so easy to play. I don't I know. I think offlane's I think offlane's the hardest role. I think it's, it's hard. hard to play. Yeah. I think the I heroes think. are easy, but I think I mean, at least the way I see it, and the reason why I think it's fun is because I feel like offlane's the most, like, puzzle role that you kind of have to, like, figure out what you're supposed to do in terms of, like, items and way you play the map and, like, you know, just everything as opposed to other roles. Like, I feel All like right. to an extent, mid is, like, very... You, like, do your thing every game. You, like, lane for five minutes and then you, like, tire sports to come mid, then you gank the guy mid, then you gank the side lane, then you go back mid, and you just kind of, like, do this. And, like, carry, you just farm. But often it's, like... I feel like it's very every hero you play differently to some extent, and every game you play heroes differently. So it's the most dynamic role, and that it your what you should I, do every game changes a lot. I would say so, yeah. I mean, offlane's hard. Like sometimes you have to buy like pipe then Vlad's. <laughs> sometimes you have to buy Vlad's then pipe, and then in other patches you have to buy like drums then pipe. Yeah, like it's Don't crazy. It's like yeah, and like sometimes like you need to buy like soul ring. Vanguard, and then other times you need to buy like Vanguard, then dude, pipe. I miss the Vanguard ring. patch. Dude, I miss Nobody the Vanguard misses patch. the ace Vanguard offlaners. Dude, every oh, single so game. pleasant. I click my offlaner. He's stomping his lane every game. It's so nice. Minute like, two, oh, he has ring of health. Oh, all right, guys. I guess the game is over. Uh, Man, I click my ace. He has killed his lane seven times. Like, all right, game's over. We won. Yeah, dude. Offlaners, high school players, guys. I a lot of respect to you guys. <laughs> like, you have to pick between like lads. You know, the thing is, okay, think about it like this. Every single item offlaners buy is always broken in every patch. Mage Slayer, most broken item of the game. Guess who's buying it? Offlaners. Pipe is most broken item in the game. Everyone, guess who's buying it? Offlaners. You know, mid laners have some honor. I respect mid laners because, like, <laughs> there's at least, like, you know, they need to, like, do something. They need to click Bro, some buttons. What was on their TI? Keyboard. TI was a blade mail heart. Every hero yeah. mid. I mean, this TI was, uh, you know, low scale patch, etc., etc. No. Oh, the TI before it was like, what? what which TI was TI not a low skill patch? Yeah, the, the TI before mid was fine. Well, yeah, but in Dota it was like a Wraith pack patch. Yeah, that wasn't a mid thing. That was. Just... I know. I'm just saying. So, what? What wasn't a low skill TI patch? Uh, TI obviously, obviously, like the TI's liquid and OG one. I think are high skill patches. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> what TI ten? What about uh, All I remember Blink is, also, is yeah. Blink Dagger was Blink Dagger offline for collapse. He was, you know. Doing all these initiations. That's okay, I think the spirit okay, one was the first. I actually, I actually think TI10 was pretty high skill. I think it was a high yeah, skill. TI10 was high skill. Don't disrespect TI10. TI6 is also high skill. Don't disrespect TI10 after so Aiden's TI6 liquid and OG and not spirit. TI6, okay, TI7, okay. TI8. Yeah. TI9, TI10. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. Was TI5 the Lush Lena thing? I think I watched it. I wasn't playing the game, so. I I feel like I have, yeah, that was the yeah. Lesh Lino. Lesh is no like say. unimaginably broken. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have no say on those years. I didn't play TI6. Obviously, Wings, like, they played every single hero in the game. High skill patch, clearly. Um, yeah, 7 was liquid, what was, right? What was 8? 8 Se was seven, first OG. Seven, 7 was high skill patch. Like, you cheesed every game, right? It was like Brood, Huskar, NP, Venno, Seven was Necro. Giga. Second was, 7 was obnoxious. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. A, it was like was green hero. Patch. That was high skill, clearly. Great um, XD. <laughs> um, what was the? What even was the eight patch? 
8 was 8 the gyro cop no gyro, gyro was mid okay. was gyro mid wasn't LGD playing was gyro mid that's tna that was 8 gyro mid was 9 and like thompson gyro mid diffusal was 9 yeah um mm. and like and it was also between it was before 8 it was like in the 70 it was in the vp year i see i can't remember it's too long ago yeah. So like six through ten were high skilled, and then I mean I, I, I'm obviously just memeing, but like uh, yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also think twelve was high skill. Where did we place the twelve? Six? six. Nah, nah, six. nah, nah. Shit, 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 shit. The heart was stupid, but Blade heart didn't even win the tournament. Dude, Blade heart, good touch. Okay, so could it be a, a thing that the the offlaners they're buying the most OP items? Isn't that just because? The OP item is discovered, and then it has By to the go smart to offlane players. Well, I'm not saying the smart offlane players are discovering oh. it per se. It's just like it's relegated. Like who has to? We, we need a hero that buys this item. Doesn't it just get yes. relegated? Like offlane, yeah, offlane yeah. Because the, the subs don't have enough gold to buy like important items for the team usually. Yeah, like if there's like we need this item, and mid has his one v one match. He has his matchup mid, and he has to run around yeah. do things. So ultimately, like the three position is just. Ha yeah, has the, the responsibility of carrying the the good items of the patch. I mean, yeah. I, I'm mostly joking. Like, yeah, there's yeah. definitely truth to what I'm saying, but you know, it's not <laughs> as extreme. There, there is I'm also not. truth. Offlaners historically, yeah. I mean, offlane heroes conceptually just are stronger. Like, carry yeah. heroes, like by concept, are supposed to be weak early and farm fast. Offlane heroes are supposed to be strong early and farm somewhat slowly. It's how the heroes work, right? Just Usually, they don't farm slowly though anymore. Yeah, <laughs> now they just farm fast. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe maybe there's power creep issues and stuff, and like Valve, Valve is also just bad at nerfing certain heroes. They just like won't do it, uh, and so some heroes will stay broken for long periods of time because they have a broken concept, and Valve won't nerf them, so they just stay really good for a long time. Dude, I'll I'm say just I, having I, flashbacks to Vanguard. I'm so glad Vanguard is gone. Thank you so much, Valve. Oh my god, Vanguard period was so boring. I'm just gonna buy oh Vanguard if I ever play versus Liquid. I, Dude, what about Poor Man Shield? Who'd you get, who'd you get Remember trauma? that Poor Man Shield meta? Oh. PMS? That was that's too so long, long ago. ago. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's okay, way okay. too long, Kev. I don't have trauma anymore Sorry, from yeah. that. The Iron Talon patch was funny. We're offlaners with jungle level one because it was fun. The Legion Commander Iron Talon? Yeah, that was funny. Venom, you remember when people started playing support? Like, the actually was a jungle role, and it'd be like a Venom sub jungling with an Iron Talon? You farmed really fast. Like, it was really. It was. You're. You're. You do have like more farm than ever in the, your team if you just jungle venoed. Uh, so on this idea of all these uh, different patches and stuff, do you guys have a wish list for the next patch? Because should be we should be getting some sort of patch coming in. I would assume in the next month, two months, something like that. Uh, do you guys have anything big that you would like to see change? Please nerf the broken heroes, like for once, like nerf them properly. I feel like there has just been this trend for like in recent Dota history where they just don't nerf the broken heroes enough and they stay broken and they just keep nerfing them little bits. Like I'm a big proponent of like, I think it's nice when there's variety in heroes and when the same heroes are broken, it means the same responses needs to be picked to count of those heroes because that's how the Dota works, it's a circle, right? And I feel like when a hero is broken for a long time, you should just crack it over the head with a hammer and like put it six feet under. And then, like, like slowly make it, like, you know, nurse it back to health. Don't, like, give Doom minus one damage on Scorched Earth. Like, please make Doom 
you can heal and TP and cast spells and items, or like just rework the spell. You know, like there's a so like, it does spell nothing but been, damage. This spell has been broken you. for years. It's like just stop. Don't let it be good. Make it bad, please. Same with Ping Panglier. This was been the best mid hero in the game. Talking about Pango, yes. huh? <laughs> it's been the best mid hero in the game for like three years. Just make it bad, please. Just make it bad. Like it's been so long, but they just won't do it, and it's so frustrating. Why won't they make it bad? <laughs> I feel that way about Furion. I've hated Furion for like really hardcore for the last year and a half. And maybe it's different for, for you guys as pros, but conceptually, I feel like that hero is so dumb. It's pretty I annoying, hate. especially because the blood grenades now. Yeah. Like he TPs to lane, gets guaranteed kills because of blood grenade. I mean, my big thing was is that I felt like he has the dumbest, like literally like the lowest IQ gameplay uh, uh, for like his laning used to be. You know, like, spawn treants, throw them at heroes, right? You get, like, six gold in return for killing a treant, right? You didn't really have to micro them, but at least there was some element there. And then now it's just, like, teleport, you know? He just teleports 500 distance to hit you with his, you know, fucking yeah. 20 extra damage and 10 extra armor, you know? What is this? It's just, like, the dumbest gameplay, yeah. So I would I, I would very much like them to, to change Furion in some way. You guys, uh, Aiden, Gunner, you guys have anything pressing that like... you want to change? Nobody said nerf Mage Slayer. I want Mage Slayer to be... <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. the item makes a lot of heroes bad, which is kind of sad. Like, especially like, some supports and some mids, I feel like, are just... I think... You can't really pick them. I think the only sad thing with Mage Slayer, and like, this, this concept of like, you deal no damage, is just, in some ways, kind of boring. It's like yeah. you, it's not satisfying, you know, like, yeah, I don't even think the guy that has me, I mean, I don't have Mage Slayer ever, so I don't know, but I imagine even the guy that has Mage Slayer doesn't feel like, holy shit, I have Mage Slayer, you know, I'm so, you know, I'm Jiga owning. It's just not that, like, satisfying of an item to buy. It's like when the Wraith Pack thing was around, it's just like, nothing dies, ever. It's impossible. Yeah. And, like, if you somehow manage to die, you know, you're, like, you're royally fucked up. Um, but no, I mean, I want to play real fives. I feel like like, I don't know, I'm playing, like, Batrider, I'm playing Enigma, I'm playing heroes that can farm. Like, the goal of my hero is to farm. And I feel like I kind of miss being able to be, like, a little turd. You know, like, I'm just some, you know, some AA or some CM. And, like, my purpose in life is not to click creeps. It's to do shit. And I feel like most of, like, the way, because of the way the map is and stuff like this, it's ended up becoming, like, you kind of have to be a hero that can find farm somehow. And it would be nice to play, like, more of, like, the old traditional fives again. Um, for me, that's, like, I don't know. I want to play Oracle. You know, I want to be some coddle that gives some, somebody mana. And not, like, the most broken laning hero to secure my carry to CS. Because otherwise, we're going to get offlanered and lose. Um, I feel like that would be kind of cool. I was going to ask if you wanted to play heroes that would go and kill something more often than than farming and then you said no i want to play oracle and sit behind somebody waiting yeah, for them like, to get gone okay. on or okay. coddle and giving mana but i feel like you know you could do cool shit with this like if i feel like in the old mm -hmm. days like you could come up with some cool strat where you had like some coddle five and like the draft would work because it all came together and like you know there was some cool stuff going on but nowadays, I just feel like, oh, I'm Oracle, I have 29 base damage, and, like, you know, your offlaner hits for 87, so, uh, you know, XD, I hit you seven times, you take no damage. Like, it's just unplayable. Like, you're just, it all comes down to, like, laning somehow, and if the hero, you can't get the heroes through lane, then the heroes just kind of suck. Um, and I feel like that kind of, like, locks a lot of the fives. Um, at least in my 
That's my impression. That, like you just can't play a lot of heroes because their laning is just too bad. And yep. you can't you can't break outside of like the mold of what Dota is supposed to be because you just can't get through the lane. You can never get online. You can never make like this strategy work because you just can't get out of lane and you're just locked behind it. And if that's like by nerfing the best heroes, that's how you make it happen, then let's do it. Or just give Oracle, you know, like tree and space damage and we we can we can work with that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it would be cool to play some just different heroes. Gunner, what about you? Uh, and the only thing I noticed, which is like, a, I don't know if this is like weird for you guys, but I feel like first bloods to an extent. I feel like sometimes if you die like pre runes, like someone gets a first blood, the game is kind of just really hard. I'm actually down for them to make a pre rune day again. Yeah, I, I don't know. This, this like first blood, it's like really boring sometimes. Like you'll feed a first blood because like you know something stupid happens. And then whatever lane got the first blood just kind of auto-wins, even if they weren't supposed to win. And then the games are like, oh, we counterpicked this matchup, and this guy got first blood because some, you know, some random other person like messed up. But now our counterpick matchup is going to lose just because this guy got 500 gold instantly. I don't know. It, no, it feels I really agree. bad in the game. I agree. Do you guys... Uh... What would you guys think about a concept where the game starts faster and you don't have these like bounty runes and stuff like the game just goes creep spawn within like, you know, basically within five seconds of you getting outside of your uh, outside of the base? Mm. I would no. not like it. I so think you still be... like the preemptive setup. I think that the setup impactful? time could be shorter because it's like, what, a minute 15 or something? Isn't it really long? It's a long right time. Now? Yeah. Um... Combined could, with the fact that you get out there faster with people smoking and the also extra it's nighttime a, movement also the speed. thing yeah there's nighttime movement speed as well mm-hmm. I feel like if it was like 45 seconds a night it'd be slightly better because it'd basically be like um you'd get the wards down and then you kind of like step in your position and that's it because right now what happens is there's so much time that like people don't even smoke at the start anymore sometimes and they'll smoke literally just for a kill in the runes and they'll like yeah. pick up the runes while smoked that the other team doesn't show up I think that is like a very it doesn't feel fun. I mean, maybe I'm biased, but I kind of like those things. I don't like how game breaking the first one is. Yeah, I, I, I like all the, the other stuff. I feel like yeah. it's cool that people are, you know, like these late smokes and like whatever people are coming up with. Um, I think it's cool. It's being explored. Like that part of the game is being explored, and I don't. I think reducing the time will make like less things possible. So I don't necessarily think. I don't necessarily think that's like the right way to go about it, but I do agree that like the consequence for sometimes like you know you're oh well, you were like you know a little bit late to your lane or something like small super small happens wrong happens to go wrong at the runes like oh you you know and now the game is just over like the entire game is just skewed by like this level one thing seems like a bit extreme, um, but I do like because I think if you remove that incentive maybe people don't try to explore it as much as they have been recently. Which I think is cool. So I don't know. I'm I'm a bit torn. One small unrelated add-on. I think they should stop nerfing heroes in a way that makes them less fun. I think what they've done to Ember is like really yes, sad. Yes, I agree. I feel like Ember has I been wish they just made his numbers lower. Is not fun anymore. Yeah. Like I think you should make heroes worse by either making their laning worse, so you have to pick it in more specific cases, or nerf their damage some so they're just not as stupid, or something rework something about them but don't 
make the hero miserable to play? Why does Ember feel like I'm drowning in molasses now every time I cast a spell? Like, can all my spells not have 800 seconds of cast point? Like, what? how did you nerf it like this? Now I just don't want to play it because it's not fun. Like, I feel like that's conceptually a the bad way to change the game. Just, can, I think they're just bad. Like, okay, the cast so point changes? There was the the change where your rendant goes out slower based off of your own movement speed, but you're saying the cast point no, changes? No. No, so the ult is... is there's a 0.2 second cast point to throw it out, mm-hmm. and then a 0.2 second cast point to like start going to it, which means that if you want to like throw it out and then go to it, it's like 0.4 seconds before you can actually start okay. traveling to remnant. Where in the past it was zero and zero, so it'd be like you could just like click it back to back. I mean, I can just say if you go back to TI like 11 and watch me play CM against an Ember, an Ember clicks slide of fist on me and he takes 80% of my HP. I think stuff like that is just dumb. I like yeah. I, I agree. Ember yeah. when Ember's but, broken yeah. is a fucking dumb concept. You get you, just, yeah. you can't do anything. I think like that's the parts that should be nerfed. Um making the hero mm-hmm. feel worse to play and making the hero feel like laggy, I think is like part of the reason why like we didn't want to come to Dota from home. And right. you might actually gatekeep players that would be interested in playing Dota because they're like, oh my god, I can do all these cool stuff with Ember by introducing changes like this. Cause I think like having movement that feels fluid, no matter what game it is, uh is always something I think people are attracted to. Like, feeling like you're in control and you can, like, do the things you want to do, I think is, like, one of the nicest feelings. Like, if you do if you do play Ember and you dodge some spell with, like, Jumping Cure Remnant or, like, something like this, like, even as a person who never is the Ember and only on the receiving end of getting my Venge Stone dodged or whatever, it's cool. And I can respect that. And I, there's, like, a skill to it. Um, so I, I agree. I think, like, that's... Uh, not the right way to nerf them. Just make slight not take 80% of my HP. Okay. Just make it do like 80% damage or something, you know, of your right click. Something like that. I don't know. Or just lower the bonus damage. I think number changes are usually more fun than like cast point changes. That's fair. All right. uh, I think we're going to kind of wrap things up uh, here, but I actually have one more question. Um, So I put it on Twitter asking for a question and there was a trend gunner where a lot mm-hmm. of people a lot of people are obviously asking about like Stormstormer and if you're gonna go mid. But the other one was talking about all the weird heroes that you play mid. Mm-hmm. Uh and one question stood out what is your favorite weird mid hero strat you've ever theory crafted but didn't like ever pan out? And I'm gonna extend that to basically the the rest of you guys. Like what is the weirdest like theory craft you guys ever had that just like didn't end up working? Didn't... But you wanted to okay, work. Okay, didn't pan out. Yeah. Um I've like I can think of I did the one that did pen out that I was really happy with was Tusk. So okay. I was the first guy to start picking Tusk mid, and that was really fun. Yeah. And then uh, it became like really really popular at like t- was it TI? It was like t- one of the TIs that got really them, popular, right? right? The Tundra TI. Yeah. The Tundra TI. Um, which was really cool. I think the ones that didn't work out. I remember I had a uh, arcane blink phase of Shadowfiend in pubs, mm. and I was like winning a, a lot of pubs I think on it at the time, but. It was definitely like super clowning because I would just go like brown boots and arcane blink. And then I remember somewhat more recently, I was trying to CM mid with just I would rush blink BKB and shard. And I would just try to like ult people. And I was like, oh, I can only pick this if there's no BKB stun on the enemy team. And I realized in like 80% of games that there's some form of BKB stun in like every single draft. And I was like, hmm, I don't think this is a reasonable thing to ever play. It's fair. What about uh, you guys, Aiden, Quinn? Anything that I, you went through, maybe even Han or something? 
No, no. I mean, more recent. In Dota, I had a. I mean, I've had a lot of weird phases. I I had a period when I first switched to Dota where I thought, like, in what I'm sure, like, literally every noob out there can relate to this. But I'm like, Invoker has nine spells. How is this hero not broken in every position? Like, it's just it must be a skill issue. You know, people must just be bad at playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had an Invoker five phase where I played it a lot. I would play Exhort, not Cosvex, and I would just Sunstrike oh. globally. So I'd be like, oh. imagine what NP is. Like, that's kind of like what I thought I was. Um, and then I would buy Midas and just be like a mid-invoker, but from five. Trash. Didn't work out. Huh. Um, more recent than that, I think... Let me see. This is before TI-11. I had an Arc Warden phase where I thought Arc Warden 5 is super good. It was right, I think, right around the time where they changed the thing with Dire. I thought Arc Warden on Dire is Imba. And now I've circled back to thinking that it's actually probably good. And... Like, let's say you were some Arc Warden enthusiast, like you're some mid player that played Arc Warden 4 billion times, and you decided I'm going to become a 5, and you started playing at 5, I think you'd win a lot of games. And it would probably be good in comp games too. Um, just problem is, all 5's too noob to play Arc Warden 5 at the moment. But I think it's good. So you're going to be the first one then? Is that what you're telling us? You're, you're brushing up on your Arc Warden? I'm, I'm not sure I will be, but I think it's good. If someone, like, you know, decided to become really good at it, I think that hero could top off. I mean, I'll just say, Aiden, from a personal branding standpoint, you know, like maybe you screw over your team's win percentage a little bit, but you'll look a lot cooler to the rest of the world. That's true. As a five position, people would be like, damn, dude, that guy plays five position arc. I want to play five arc, like, you know, insane. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. This could be, this could be like, right now it's, right now you got Oracle, but like, how many people actually want to play Oracle? Dude, a surprising high amount of people that I meet at LAN are like, Oracle enjoyers. I'm sure there's quite a big bias, though, that they're talking to you and they know you're an Oracle enjoyer. That's true. Yeah, they probably just say it, you know, to make you feel better that you're an Oracle player. This is a good question for Quinn. Quinn, you know, I want to hear your theory crafts. Have you ever heard of the good theory craft? So you pick Tango. I'm really And then you buy Defusal Blade. I'm really not a hipster. I'm like the antithesis of a hipster. I was going to say, I feel like I actually don't want to play stuff. stuff. Yeah, I don't want to play. I, like, whenever someone is like theorycrafting something, I really, like, really don't want it to work. I'm like, please, let this not be good. Like, I actively don't like hipster stuff, and I like things that are like mainstream and like have like historical grounding. And so, when 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 new stuff becomes like mainstream, do you like sad when you have to learn it? Yeah, it's sort of begrudging. I'm like, like man, when you had to play, like, t- did you you play Tusk right mid at some point? Yeah, it was the last game at the Lima Finals. Were you like annoyed that you had to learn the hero? Um. I was annoyed a bit that it was good, yeah. I was like, I wish this wasn't good. <laughs> and you had to have seen Gunner early on playing it, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are also phases where I think people are trying new stuff and I just don't think it's good. And it's not that I don't want to learn it, it's just like, I just don't think this is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I tend to lean like on the skeptical side. Like, I think there are definitely phases where that's the case. For instance, like, I think Earthsword was a decent hero, but I also think it was heavily overpicked during the TI phase. Like, this bit where it was like, first pick, I thought that was a bit ridiculous, personally. And the hero was not a first pick hero. Other teams disagreed, but like that just tends to be me is like when something gets like super boosted up, like I tend to think of the counters and what is good against it and why it is like flawed rather than like it's super broken, let's jam it. I, I tend to lean on the opposite side. So like which is why when like I tend to not theorycraft that much stuff because I just I shoot stuff down a lot. So wait, when your team starts theory crafting stuff, do you like hold yourself back? You're just like, all right, I need to let them cook, you know? There's a balance to it for sure. I also think that it's important to have someone on the team who like is more skeptical. 
but you I can't be too comfortable because it, it because it will like it stifles like creativity and stuff like you need to like let people talk about stuff but you also have to be like realistic you know if tofu wants to play like four sand king or something and buy like two win laces i'm like okay why do why four sand king you know <laughs> i think it's so funny i was gonna ask who your hipster is but i think i know but i think position four players i think are the most guilty of like wanting to make something work just because like they want to make it work yes tofu <laughs> is an, an omega hipster yeah i mean i've talked to him enough to know but uh I think Boxy is the exact same. Like, sometimes Boxy will just not play something because other people are playing it. He will straight yes. up play it. He'll just I've, be like, heard I don't want to play it because, like, these guys are playing it. Dude, I'm that's like, the Topson okay. thing. That's the Topson thing. Have you heard about yes. the Invoker yes. thing? No. Well, when Invoker is really, really broken, Topson was like, I don't want to play Invoker. <laughs> and then when it, when it got nerfed and not as many people were picking it, he started asking. Yes, that, that, is, that is the Topson. He literally <laughs> will play heroes until everyone else picks them. Dude, the way you counter Topson is if he has a broken strat, everyone steal his strat and he'll stop picking it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that's why he's not playing Dazzle anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, because it became a oh, Dazzle also got nerfed into the ground. He's actually yeah. going to start playing it now because he got nerfed into oh, the okay, ground. okay, okay. Didn't he get picked at this last event? By... We, yeah, yeah, we played it. Mid song. Yeah. yeah, we played it. Laurel played it once or twice, I think. All right, uh, I I have to ask Gunner, Gunner. Did you uh by any chance did you watch the last episode uh, of, of this podcast? It's perfectly fine. Who's said on no. it? Who's on it? Saberlight. I did. Yeah. You got oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! What's the beef? What's the beef? Bro, I didn't even know we had beef. What's the beef? No! I've talked to, the, I've talked to that guy no! like twice or something. I don't even have him on Steam. <laughs> We talked I mean, to oh, TI for like very briefly. I think that was like I the first time so we talked excited. in person. Oh. Well, I, I didn't know he was tipping me. And then in our, in our series versus them, and I asked like Tao because he played with him. I was like, why is he tipping me? And he's like, oh, he just likes tipping people. He's just messing around. Don't worry about it. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I, I have a, because uh, I, I, I'm not sure if you heard the part where I, I brought up the fact the last time uh, we talked to him about beef. He, like mm -hmm. he hated some other uh, player within his own role. Right. It was a, it was basically yeah. the old TSM offlaner. And he admitted he knew nothing about the guy. I'm sure he's a perfectly nice guy, but like, fuck that guy. You know, like, I, yeah. I, I think he just manufactures like rivalry for himself. It's probably some motivation thing where he's just like, this guy's coming into my role into my fucking house. Hell no. Like, he thinks mm. he could just play offlane. So you, yeah. you don't want to feed into that at all? I mean, no. That's I mean, fair. I don't have anything against him. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he's nice. I've, my conversations with him were like pleasant, like we were friendly. So I don't know. I feel like when I was mid, I was more like, I was more, I would down talk people more. I'd be like, this guy's dog shit. I'll beat him mid, you know? Um, okay, Gunner, Gunner. Who's your one beef in Dota? I must know. Don't have to give beef? any context. Yeah, if you have one person you hate in Dota, who is it? Mm. You hate losing to. I, or just hate. Or just or hate. Just hate. Either I was fine. Um, we need, and we invite him as our guest next episode. <laughs> yeah, that's how we can't... decide our guests. Welcome, Light Knight 69. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. I don't know. I feel like this year's a lot of the beef comes from pubs, but I feel like I don't. Since I started playing Europe, there's like so many players. I don't really. Go with like, your gut, bro. Go with your gut. My first gut? person. <laughs> <laughs> my latest one is FM. Me and FM have beef starting today. 
I don't. Oh, I think I don't have any pro beef with pro players, really. No. I mean, yeah, I we, think we, I used pub to beef, pub beef. I don't have beef Number with Europe. If you like some napkin or some shit or like AMB yeah. from like that, back in the that, day in NA. That's fair. Like Ice Queen sixty seven. You know those guys. That guy. <laughs> you know, like that. That's like some. That, there's that's the, not the beef. dentist. That's just being a good What's the dentist? Oh, the like, dentist. Yeah. Remember that guy Aeon? Is that his name? He's this guy. He's like an NA player, and he always tells everyone that he like says he's better than you because he's a dentist or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and like one time, I was playing wind carry. Yeah, this was my... when she was a universal hero, so she was like actually a good carry, but no one had like started picking her yet. And I was like, oh, I think she's good. I'm gonna play her carry. And like he was just feeding mid, and he's like, this game's dog shit. We have a wind carry, and I was like, bro, I'm just try. We're gonna win the game. And then he's just, just like, <laughs> you're wasting your life. You know, I'm a dentist. I'm like, okay, dude. Dude, this is good for you. So funny. Oh you guys know God. that thing how like dentists uh stereotypically have like pretty bad mental health because like nobody likes going to the dentist right and it like kind of comes off on people those people are typically that person is a dent think about that that person is a dentist and a dota player yeah, that guy is thing. not a happy person yeah, that guy I, is not a happy person I don't yeah, that's know. a I rough really Venn diagram. Of... Yeah, that might be like, like top five bad Venn diagrams but to be. Don't don't dentist, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I can't think of pro player beef. I feel like I haven't really had super bad beef with the pro player. There's like the whole envy thing, which I was kind of mad at him about, like yeah. him and and Brax. Yeah. But then Brax and I like we talked about it, and it was better. And like we're chill now. Yeah, Bra um, Brax said it was envy's fault. Is that? Yeah, yeah. He just threw him under the bus. Um. <laughs> And the Envy one was, I don't know. I, it's not like, it was never so much like beef that I like hated him. You know, it was kind of just like a, uh, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a shitty move and you were on the receiving yeah. end of it. So, so yeah. there's like been like some Ramsey stuff, but I don't know. I think like that's just kind of him. It's like, he was just like, he just kind of does the thing, at least in pubs where he's like kind of flaming you. But then he'd also be like nice to you, so you're always just like, oh, you know, he's like flaming you behind your back, or in like Russian or some he, he, shit. He just, he just kind of flames everybody. It's just this thing. So then you're just like, it's like you're it's like, like it's oh, I don't, I'm not taking it like personally because he's just flaming everyone. But then you're always just like, you know, it is a lot of flame. There are way too many pro players that I see with Ramses as their pub name. You know what I mean? Like they're making some sort of uh, inside joke, something about it. I don't know if it's good or bad. You know, but I remember there's some some player. Is, is it like Maureen or somebody? Somebody recently. Amar, I think. Oh, is it Amar? It was like it, uh, yeah. his name was like the legendary Ramses or something like that. Yeah, that that was Amar. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't like beefing with with pro players. I try to like okay. just be friendly with everyone. I think it's better for me at least. Yeah. Like, when nice I'm at guy. events, I usually try to just say hi to people. Yeah. Uh, how was casting, by the way? Last thing, uh, you did some casting, right, Gunner? So, yeah. yeah, I yeah. cast it till the end of the event, the playoffs. It's yeah. fun. I like casting. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, you guys have anything else? Otherwise, we're gonna wrap up. We're at like an hour and a half. Okay, awesome. Uh, thank you, Gunner, for coming on. Uh, I know it lasted a little bit longer. Uh, hopefully, you're it's good on on time. I'm, uh, I I'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks for coming on. It was uh, a lot of fun.
and shit i'm just now noticing that i didn't change the twitter tag on the overlay so you are at jonas velik sorry about that but uh you guys can check out <laughs> check out Gun- what, what's your what's your twitter at gunner dota yeah gunner dota listen Did you just, like listen, photoshop for, for the, it on record, the video or something for the record we recorded this two hours earlier than i expected so i had to scramble mm-hmm. to change some overlays i changed your name i just forgot to change the, the twitter thing anyway oh, guys uh Thank you for watching, and we'll see you guys next time for All Chat. What is our stance on product placement, Cap? Uh, if we're getting paid for it, I'm good for it. What if I'm getting paid for it and you guys are not? Well, at least somebody's getting paid for it. There's no way you're contractually obligated to promote Alienware in podcasts. <laughs> are y'all monetarily incenti- uh, incentivized to like shout it out, or is it like a contractual no. obligation? There's like a meme. It's neither, it's literally just a meme.